With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. With little to no hockey news, we decided to switch gears a bit. On this episode, we'll be discussing a show that has been sweeping the nation. I am Elaine Shercliffe, and this is the Tiger King cast. Today, I am joined by these cool cats and kittens, Pale Dragon, hey. Eric Seeds, Hi. and Rachel Buell. Hey. So before we dive into the juicy details of Joe Exotic, I would love to hear everyone's one-sentence reaction to the show. For me, it was, oh my God, this is a documentary, not a mockumentary? Yeah, um, my, my one sentence uh, description of this show is that the most normal people in this entire documentary are the people who are missing multiple limbs. <laughs> <laughs> my take is that I, I hate myself for watching it, and I hate all of you for getting me to watch it. Welcome. <laughs> My one sentence uh, thought on this show is that Carol Baskins 110% fed her husband to a bunch of tigers. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. Honestly, good for her, though. But, like, you know. And got away with it. <laughs> yeah, she did that. She did that. And it was so funny to me how... Um, she just was so like nonchalant. Like she just, there was no, I, I watched or I listened to enough like crime podcasts where it's like, you're, I know that I understand that you're not allowed to judge someone's level of grief and, and you know, use that to decide whether or not they're innocent or guilty. But this woman was like, Oh, I might as well have never met this man before in my life. Like she did not act like that was her partner in life for however many years they were together. She was like, Oh yeah. That guy who like was at my park sometimes. Yeah. No, he was, he was basically Alpo to her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was cheap tiger food to her. So, uh, anyways, good for her. So then we'll jump right into that question. Uh, how many of us think that Carol Baskins fed her husband to the tiger? Oh my God. Sorry. I didn't even realize that was the first question. I, no, it, it's actually the second question. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're doing whatever. <laughs> I think yeah. so. What do you, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I if she didn't, I'd feel really bad about everyone being so certain that she did. 
But the evidence that they present, the way they present it, the, the big thing for me is that power of attorney where it said, you know, in the event of my disappearance. Like, th- that is, no, that's... That is not standard that, That's not language. a normal thing. <laughs> right. Oh. The lawyer was like, this is nothing I have ever seen before. Like, this is not a normal thing that someone puts in their will. No one counts on disappearing. That's, right. That's so sketchy. Yeah. Like, I think about all the hockey contracts we've heard, and it's like, well, that would be like saying if someone like Ryan Murray accidentally died, like... Oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. We know he's injury prone, but that's a little aggressive. <laughs> and then the the botched investigation where it was like that van sat in that parking lot for multiple days before anybody like searched it or whatever. I'm like, oh my God, classic Florida. Like, honestly, leave it to them. Yeah, right. this, 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 is brother, the most, this is the most Florida is investigation cop. to ever Florida right, investigation. Right. And then her brother's a cop. Her brother's a cop. Who's investigating it, but they don't see anything wrong with that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So no, he was murdered. Like for, for okay. So I guess I guess we should kind of backtrack here. Carol Baskin is the guy who was suing Joe Exotic or filed lawsuit <laughs> to try and get his zoo shut down because she thought he was mistreating the animals. Which, given all of the rancid Walmart meat that he was feeding them and. <laughs> Yeah, he probably he was mistreating the animals. He wasn't doing right, but we're you, you know it's not like Carol Baskin is the ideal. Obviously, she's not the ideal heroine of this show, and the fact that she and uh, someone else we're going to get to later because I have lots of thoughts on our other person who escaped jail time. Ponytail. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of thoughts I've got about the Walking Affliction T-shirt that is uh, that is Jeff. So, but, but, yeah, so, but, yeah, but, but, Joe, Joe, Joe is, Joe is not the good guy here, but Carol is also not a good person. So, no, but let no, me tell no you, one in the, no one in this show Carol, is the though. good person. Carol is my hero what? for one reason and one reason only. Every year I go as a cat for Halloween because it's so easy. I have gone as, um, Lisa Frank's cat. I have put a cape on with all my ears and been super cat, and people think I'm a weirdo because I go as a cat every year. But now, my Halloweens for the rest of my life are set because I just dress up like a cat, and everyone's going to be like, dress as Carol Baskin, and I am so excited. (laughs) For those of you new to the canon cast, I want to welcome Carol Baskin to our uh to our podcast tonight. Uh, thank you for jo- <laughs> thank you for joining us. I, I am judging you hard right now. Th- thank you, Carol, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on the Canon Cast. It's I'm glad we were able to get <laughs> yeah, you and she's get a in very touch with you in demand this. woman right now. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have been seeing floating around like on social all the pictures of the Britney Spears. I don't know if it yes. was a VMA performance. Yes, where the, the one creepy guys in the background, and then she's sitting next to Carol <laughs> in the Anthony. audience. I'm like, well, who? What that's, is that's not Carol. That can't be Carol. It no. It is Carol. Oh, it's it, Carol. It, absolute, it absolutely it actually Carol. is. Yeah, it totally it is. Has to be. No. Listen, if oh, it's it is. not, I'm going to be super disappointed. 
because that's the most Britney Spears thing ever, okay? Because it was, like, the early 2000s, people weren't considering, uh, like, animal rights when they were bringing them on stage for VMA performances, lest we ever forget Britney bringing that snake on stage. What was that, Slave for You? Yeah, like, so many things wrong with all of them. The guy in Myrtle Beach was the handler for the... Yeah, yeah, he was the handler. Yeah, he was the handler. That person legit. He was the handler for the animals. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. This, this is, this is, guys. A friend of mine started watching this tonight, and he was like, "We got, we got a, we got a bottle of wine to watch." I'm like, "Buddy, you just wanted to like switch to straight grain liquor and just go, <laughs> just like roll into, roll into this because you were about, you were about to go on a roller coaster. You're gonna need a bottle of wine per episode. <laughs> okay, so yeah, no kidding. I I binged it on Saturday, and literally we started it at like 2 p.m. and finished at like what what is seven hours. But we took a little bit of a break for dinner, yeah. like 10. And we were just like, we we just had to sit and literally process for a little bit. We were like, oh <laughs> my God, right. the, the polygamy. Let's, can we just mention like, it just gets so, every single episode is just this entire escalation into like this whole new level of crime. I'm going to bring up Will for a second here. Will. <laughs> right. Okay, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. We'll get to all of that. Hold on, let me just go off of the one thing. You Sorry, I am not okay. following your agenda. That's okay. I'm just, now hitting, I'm heated about this the agenda, show. You're hitting the agenda points almost in the exact order that I set them up, so it's fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, Rachel, how long, like, you said how long it took you to watch it, but what made you want to watch it? Honestly, I, nothing can make me want to watch a TV show. Like no, no matter how many people tell me it's so good, it's like, I just hate being told that I need to watch something. So right off the bat, the show was on my radar as something that I needed to not watch because <laughs> everyone was telling me to watch it. And I was like, I hate being told what to do. And um, finally though, I think it was my affinity for cats. I love cats. Um, and just the, the sheer amount of Twitter memes that I'm like, I feel so the degree of FOMO that I feel because I like, can't go out and be in public right now. Like now I feel FOMO online. So if everyone's talking about something that I don't understand FOMO, for those of you listening who might not know is an acronym that stands for fear of missing out. So I was experiencing this deep fear of missing out of, um, not being, having watched the tiger King yet. And then a bunch of my coworkers had watched it and they were like, oh my God. And uh, Raphael was like, Rachel, this is right up your alley. I'm assuming you've already watched it. That was the final comment <laughs> that pushed me was, oh, I bet you've already seen it. And I'm like, oh, now I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I was, I'm the same way. If someone's like, you need to watch this. And I'm like, no, this is not my, like, why with the Mandalorian? It took me after like 50,000 baby Yoda memes for me to finally go, you know what? Maybe I should watch it. Cause I like these memes. Um, for this show, <laughs> there's this guy I follow on Twitter who I went to school with in the sixth grade. <laughs> and I have not seen him since the sixth grade. And he was retweeting all of these hilarious tweets. And I was like, Oh man. Like, I remember this kid being hilarious in the sixth grade, and he always watched the cool stuff then, so maybe now that we're 34, <laughs> maybe he's correct, <laughs> and I should watch this. And I watched it in, like, under 24 hours. 
It was. Did you tell him that? Anything. You should tell him like, that you that and, he inspired you to watch it. I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, PD and Seeds, why did yeah. you guys start watching, and how long did it take? Yeah, I'm. I started watching it like for similar reasons as Rachel because of FOMO and. Um, I'm terminally online. <laughs> I'm hopelessly addicted to I'm hopelessly addicted to Twitter for anyone who follows me or knows me or anything. But yeah, so I I saw a bunch of people talking about it and then I had just watched the other Netflix we had alright, yeah, I just I, I had just watched the Don't 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 F with Cats uh documentary and that one was screwed up for those of you who don't know it's about this guy who was killing kittens and on the dark web and yeah anyway so then i had heard of joe exotic because i remember the the clip that airs in the episode from last week tonight with john oliver i had remembered that because i adore last week tonight with john oliver so i'd, I'd remember that because how do you forget a guy standing up there saying i'm broken and uh, I've got a tiger preserve. I don't know how you ever forget that. So I was like, oh, there's a there's a documentary about him. Yeah, w- I'll watch this. And everyone was talking about it online. So I dove right into it. And I'm like, this is the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. And then five minutes into the second episode, one of the employees gets her arm bitten off and goes back to work within the week. And I was like, this is the... And that is the Zach Rowenski of the show. <laughs> and, and she and, and and as I said at the top of the show, she's one of the two or three most well-adjusted people in this entire documentary. It's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. So to answer your question of how long it took, it took to watch it, uh, started it Friday night, fell asleep about halfway through episode four because I'm old. And then uh, finished it. Sat- finished it Saturday. So grand total, including sleep, took about sixteen hours to watch because I was just riveted by this, and I needed to know how all of this ended. I needed to see the next step. And like with two, like halfway through episode five, he starts handing out condoms with his face printed on them. Yep. As he's running for governor of Oklahoma, and I'm like. For God's sake, what am I watching? And I just needed to keep going to see how this story ended and just un- understand more of what I was what was what I was watching. Understand the the entire dichot or the entire I don't know what I don't know what the hell I just watched. I just <laughs> I needed to understand as much as I could about all of this situation. How about you, PD? I first heard about it last week. Uh, they're talking about it on the Shutdown Fullcast, the internet's only college football podcast, also under the Vox Media umbrella. Uh, and they're talking about subtle. Mostly plug. had a discussion about like, yeah, on uh, you know the, the different laws or lack of laws in various states about owning exotic pets. Like uh, Oklahoma, not surprising that they don't care about that. Uh, Wisconsin was a surprising one that they don't have any laws about that. Anyway. Um, but it didn't necessarily sound like something that I was going to spend time watching, but then in our Slack, El Polito was talking about it, and then Seeds and Elaine, you guys started watching it, and so, yeah, I got that FOMO and thought, ah, what the hell, it's Friday night, I got nothing else going on. Started watching it, um, you know, started the first episode at, like, 11 o'clock or something like that, 
I thought, oh, I'll, I'll watch one episode, then I'll go to bed. I had immediately had to go into the next one because <laughs> it was so insane. Had to keep watching. Um, started to doze off in the second half of episode two. So I woke up like a third of the way into episode three as they're talking about Carol's husband like getting like missing or killed. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the guy that was with her when we first saw her? Like, did this happen while they were filming the thing? So then I had to like <laughs> go back after that episode and like watch the end of the episode two. It's like, oh, okay, no, no. This is a different husband. Okay, got it. Um, but so... At that point, it was like 2.30 in the morning. Like, all right, I need to go to bed. You know, started watching the rest of it then Saturday afternoon and had much less fun. Like, I just got nervous the more it went on and it just got weirder. And But it historically hit me that, like, okay, no, this is real and these people are all messed up and there's just so much bad stuff happening. Um uh, Canon commenter Ameliorate said on Twitter, she called it a weirdo safari, yes. which I think is oh a great God, way of putting it. <laughs> but so it got to the point of like, oh man, this is I, I feel bad watching it. And, I, and just at the end, like no one, no one comes out of this as a winner, really, of of the main figures in the story. Right. So um, I'm going to get into some questions about the show that I want to hear all of your opinions on. So. First one, um, what is it about Doc Antle and uh, Joe Exotic that they're able to get so many men's and women's? <laughs> well, in, in Joe's case, it's um, money and drugs, apparently. I literally, here's my thing. I can't get one boyfriend. And <laughs> right, these weirdos, these weirdos are rolling around town with these exotic pets and all of these women and honestly ducks like women were seemed like they could be like that very nice like normal brunette like the girl that they interviewed and she had the dog on her lap and she was just like that's how you know that these women got sucked into a cult because like once they got out of it they were able to look back with some perspective and be like wow that was seriously messed up but while they were in it and getting paid a hundred dollars a week or whatever ridiculous number it was and like, it, I just was, yeah, it's, I, again, as much as I also love murder podcasts, I love learning about cults. And this whole time I'm like, oh, it's a cult, it's a cult, it's a cult. This whole thing's a cult. Everything, everything, all, it's all a cult. If there's polygamy, it's a cult. Like, that's just, that's my, there you go. Oh, no, <laughs> very, very cult-like. Yeah, for sure. Well, my, my question with, 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 I was with, with Joe's man harem there, where they show that, like, John and Travis are clearly, like, not really gay so like what would it take for you to be in like a committed relationship with that's opposite your actual sexual orientation like just how much would it take you to go along with that kind of arrangement well first of all i don't think they were committed <laughs> um. well true no but still it's, it sounds like they were sleeping with the rest of the zoo staff but like my further I mean, more polygamy. I think if you're in the low, <laughs> so you, yeah, I feel like if you're in the lowest place of your life or you're just lost, anyone could come by and be like, "Hey, here's some money. Here's some cocaine. Oh my God, look, it's a tiger!" And someone's gonna be like, right. "There are people who, in that moment, are looking for something, 
feeling there's a piece of them that are missing. And these people, not just Doc Antle, but all of them, all of them have found, I mean, including Carol. And then what's that guy's name? Jeff? Jeff right? Love, or like yeah. The guy from, yeah, like they all found things. They have went into the weakest parts of people's um, lives or into their self-esteem, into their minds. And we're like, I'm going to make your life better by treating you like crap. But I'm not going to treat you worse than the way anyone else has ever treated you. I'm just not going to treat you like you deserve. Right. right. My takeaway was that everyone in this show, Joe Exotic, Jeff Lowe, uh, Doc Antle, every single one of those people is a predator and we're taking advantage of multiple people throughout the course of the show. And that was, that is, that was incredibly difficult to watch, especially the way, the way, Travis's life tragically ends like that. That's horrifying to watch. Like that was that. Yeah. That's probably the darkest thing I saw. I one or one of the many darkest things I saw in this documentary. And that, and and like you know, for Joe Exotic to supposedly be all brokenhearted, they've got this living memorial to him, and then he's engaged to another person two months later. Like that's that's heartbreaking and horrifying for like Travis's family. That was that was really hard to watch and to like. I I, I really felt for his family in that moment. My, my and like it's I can't imagine what they're go what they went through what they're still going through. It's it like like you guys said no one comes out of this looking good except maybe like uh, the two people who like we mentioned at the top of the show who were amputees who were, seemed to be right. in it for like the animals. But there was there there was a lot of crime. There was a lot of seriously shady stuff going on that like you know like like we haven't we haven't even touched on the fact that joe let, let, let's be real joe burned down that uh that building the there alligators and and, yeah yeah he, he killed he killed all he killed all those alligators killed burned that whole building down just to to destroy some evidence like this no one in this entire thing comes off well, and it was really heartbreaking to like see, like, like it was just, it's just, there's so much. That well, goes and it on. was so it, hard because the biggest losers through all of it, from beginning to end, even when the humans were doing well or you know were making a hundred thousand dollars every twelve weeks or whatever, they'd make off one tiger cub. Like the animals were just suffering the whole entire time, yeah. and that was what I think was hardest for me to watch because i'm like they are just the constant victims through all this no matter who is handling them no matter who owns they're them ser they're, ser right. they're serving them rancid meat and bragging about how much money they're right saving. like they were serving them meat from from walmart that's right and horrific. not even just that right but not even not even just that but like i think about the uh the gorillas chimpanzees that were in the cages next to each other for years and when he finally sold them Ugh. and they were out in the open and they were hugging each other, I was like in tears because I they, know. Were just, they were deprived of being able to be out in the open, first of all. But secondly, like they clearly had a bond together and they that bond was separated con constantly. And he even had like a moment, just like a slight moment where we saw Joe was real for like two seconds where he wasn't on where he was like, did I deprive them of this? And he got semi-serious, and he was like, yeah, I think I did. And it was like the one 
true, genuine moment I think we saw out of Joe that whole entire seven episodes. Well, and that's what I thought was so crazy about like Joe Exotic's storyline was that I would swing so far back and forth between like a deep sympathy for him um, and then like, oh my God, I hate you. Like you are the worst. Yes. Like he was such a dynamic character and his personality was so hot and cold. Like as far as sometimes I'm like, wow, he actually does have a bond with these creatures. And like, and then other times I'm like, ew, like this is disgusting brainwashed to his employees as well. Like I just, I, I don't remember the last time I watched something where I was so polarized in the way that I felt about one character, like only through seven episodes. Well, it it's like what you said about, you know, seeds you described him as, as a predator. And yeah, there were people that he took advantage of, but then there were times where it was flipped and he was the one being taken advantage of, especially like when it came to Jeff Lowe. You know, then Jeff Lowe yeah. absolutely took advantage of it took advantage of him. So, like, so Joe Joe was the vulnerable one there. Um, and, and going back to the animals, which I think I think that's an important thing, and that's one where one area where I feel like the documentary maybe lost focus a bit. And I was reading a Vanity Fair article today that where they were talking with the uh, with the filmmaker, and even he acknowledged that he went into this because he wanted to talk about the animals and expose what was happening to the animals, and that that kind of got lost in the shuffle as they got into these people and. Um, so I, I, you know, I hope people, you know, are aware and remember that this is we need to talk about how these animals are being treated, and that's one of the re- things I hate the most about Carol, is that for she's critical yes. of, of Joe and Doc Antle, and she's not wrong to be. She is right about that, but she rags on these guys for caging up these tigers, and then what does she have? She has a bunch of caged tigers, and into this article that she profits off of, yeah. Yeah, and in this article, uh, the the filmmaker sit and rides around with selfie sticks, bragging about like, "Oh, I look at this big line to see all my animals that I've got in this wildlife preserve that are caged in." It's listen. I have. Let's not let's not lay the smack down on the selfie stick. I may have one, and I may use it to take videos of my cat and I. I'm really starting to realize that Carol and I have too many similar qualities and I need to change my life around a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm judging you again, Lane. But in this, in this article, <laughs> uh, the filmmaker reveals that he, he asked Carol about that. He's like, you know, you criticize these guys for caging tigers, but you have them caged as well. Like, wouldn't it be more humane to just euthanize them? And she said something like, oh, well, I don't want to play God. And the filmmaker said, like, but you are playing God. Right. You literally are. Yeah. So, that was what uh, was insane to me was the threat of hi- hypocrisy through all of the people who were, by the people, I mean, Carol, Doc, and Joe. Essentially, they were all doing different versions of the same exact thing. They were breeding big cats. Right. They were keeping them in cages. They were charging people money to come see them. They had this whole like caste system of volunteers that they didn't pay or barely paid. And then they all just shat on each other the whole time for not doing the right thing. And they're literally right. all doing the wrong thing. That was like right, what right. And, and they my said, mind. And they said they were Spider-Man. paying their workers like, like a hundred. Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing yeah, at each yes. other. Or they were, Carol didn't even, her, uh, all her people were volunteers and you had the different color shirts depending on how many years you volunteered. That was insane. Right, it's, it's ludicrous. And they, and they treated everyone so poorly. It was so, it was so, I've, like, like I, I felt bad 
the only people I like, like, like y'all said, I, I agreed. I, I went wildly back and forth with. I was angry at Joe, and I felt sorry for Joe. I was, you, you know, I. But the the people I felt most sorry for, or the ones I felt most sorry for consistently through the show, were the people who got in this for the animals and exclusively the animals. And I felt sorry for obviously the animals, like the the, the tigers didn't deserve anything. Like those poor cubs who were who uh, Jeff Lowe was shoving into suitcases and wheeling through Vegas so he could get yep. hookers and at the hotels. Bus. Like they didn't do it. Like right, his, right, his, his his hooker bus. <laughs> you know, he went from casino to casino. That's totally legal, right? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like, 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 like. Hey, you know. Hey, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay you in tiger pets if you come on this bus and have sex with me. Like, that's insanity. I right. Like, I think we can all agree that like everyone is the villain except for the animals. We do need to take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, there is. A, I want to tie this into hockey a little bit since this is a hockey podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Fight Liney Scratch is kind of like F Mary Kill. So you would pick who you want to fight, who you would have as your line mate, and who you would scratch. For anyone that's listening who's here for the Tiger King talk and not the hockey talk, scratching in hockey is basically being benched. So I'm going to give you guys three names from the show, and I want you to tell me who you would fight, who you would have as your line mate, and who you would scratch. So the first group of people is Carol Baskins, Joe Exotic, and Doc Antle. All right, Carol Baskins is on my line because that lady would put a man through the meat grinder for me, and she <laughs> she has got my back. She has got my back. I would fight the crap out of Joe Exotic. I would just absolutely just... I would want to fight him. He's this scrawny little dude with a big personality who thinks he's and yeah. After a while, I would just have to. Okay, 
wow, I'm gonna just bring this up really fast even though it deserves so much more time. The fact that they dug up a bunch of tiger corpses on his property with bullets in their heads, I don't think it would be a matter of me fighting him. I think it would be a matter of me killing him. You know what? If I had to ask Carol to put someone through a meat grinder for me, it would be him just for that. Um, and then I would scratch Doc. He can go hang out with his wives on the sideline. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> um, would, would it be bad to say that I'd fight a woman? Because I'm inclined to say no. fight Carol. <laughs> not in this case, no. Uh, scratch Joe. And then, not that I necessarily want to be line mates with Doc Ansel, but he somehow uh, skated clean in this documentary compared to Carol and Joe. So uh, that's obviously some skill that could uh, that could be beneficial in the line mate. True. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have three different options, uh, three or three different combos here. Uh, I agree with PD. I'm fighting Carol Baskins because that that fed her husband to tigers and. Uh, I got some. I got some thoughts about that. Also, uh, I really didn't enjoy her hypocrisy throughout the entire thing. And she, you know, you know, when when someone says, "Oh, I know the exact oil you can dunk <laughs> right? someone and defeat them to tigers," and then just blurts it out and with a smile on her face, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna fight. I wanna fight you. We're, we're into the laneway, lady. Don't come up the property. For my line mate, I need someone who's adaptable, who can react to any situation. I want someone who's who can who can handle, you know, being down a couple goals, uh, who's got confidence he can come back at any moment. So my line mate is gonna be Joe Exotic. And then uh I'm scratching Doc Anal because whatever, just yeah, as, as Rachel said, just go hang out with your wives or whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> uh mine is the same as uh Rachel's and it's for the same exact reasons. So perfect. <laughs> Rachel, thank you for speaking my, my mind. <laughs> um, the next set is the husbands of Joe Exotic. So Travis, John Finley, and the last one, which was Dylan. Patton. Okay. All right. I got this. So, to- <laughs> so I, I would, I would line with Dylan because he actually seemed the most authentic of the three. Like, even as, you know, Joe was off in prison, like, Dylan still seemed to kind of care about him. Um, so, I mean, the timing of the relationship was a little odd, but, like, I don't know, that seemed a little bit more authentic. He, like, he wasn't just in it for drugs and money. Um, I would scratch Travis. Um, just, he's 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 too too under the influence. Just got to get him out of that. And then uh, fight John, because, I don't know, that, that dude just weirds me out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go with the exact. I'm gonna go with the exact same. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna fight John because he seems like a or he was addicted to meth, so I feel like I could probably take him. Um, Dylan seemed mostly normal, so yeah, I guess I'd be lighties with him. He seems you know fine, committed, whatever. And I'm gonna scratch Travis because uh, I don't want to be around anyone who's waving a gun around. At, in, in any situation, so I'm going to scratch Travis, keep him away from me, keep him up in the press box. John would be on my line because, uh, first of all, he's huge, and I love how the whole time he just incredibly casually interviewed without a shirt on. Um, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is great. That's a very ridiculous. Yeah. Right, that's that's <laughs> yeah. some hockey energy. How many exactly. hockey players yes. do you know wish that no they didn't have their shirt Shirtless, on? tattooed. Like, yeah, that guy scares me. I want him on my line. So Rachel is basically saying her ideal line mate is Brent Burns. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
So if you guys haven't already, you should Google. So John Finley, I don't know if it was after the show got produced, is obviously after he was interviewed, but he got all of his teeth replaced and fixed, and he looks great. He looked. It was a really great transformation for him. He has a really nice Holy smile. Holy hell! Yes. Yeah. Holy God. He um. He looks normal. Oh my yes. God. He got out of that freakish room. Like, I feel bad. I felt he was, I think, maybe the one I felt worse for the whole time because he was with Joe from the beginning, obviously, before he, like, had these, like, coke binges or whatever he was on uh, during the duration of that that filming. Um, And he got out at a good time, like, before, you know, Travis committed suicide and before the other boyfriend, like, I think he was kind of weirded out by the polygamy and, like, I don't know, I just, the whole time he, like, I didn't feel bad for them, him and that he was innocent in all of it, like, obviously no one is, we've said that now so many times, but he, I think, felt that something was wrong and so he decided to leave the situation, so, like, good for him. I actually liked him through the whole thing. So, anyways, he'd be my lineman. Um... I think I'd have to scratch Travis. Um, and then Dylan, I would fight just because he seems like kind of a weenie, uh, and like very (laughs) like compliant to like his old weird in prison felon boyfriend. So, or did they get married? They got married husband. I, who knows? Whatever. Yeah, they did get married. So weird. So anyways, yeah, I'd fight him. Okay. So the last one is Saf, the trainer whose arm got ripped off. Uh, Joshua Dial, the guy from Walmart who became their campaign manager, or Rick Kirkham, the reality TV guy who liked to do cocaine and all of his footage got burnt to a crisp, who would you pick? All right, well, I would, I would fight Josh because he he'd be the easiest one to take down, I think. <laughs> l- 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 line with, uh, with Seth, because she seemed, pretty, she seemed so, super chill, so she'd be fun to hang out with. And then I guess uh, Scratch Rick. Yeah, I'm going to liney with Saf. Um, she seems awesome, normal, good head on her shoulders, you know, will, willing to come back from injury real quick. She, she, she's a regular Zach Wierenski type. <laughs> love to have that on your line. You love to see it. Uh, Scratch Rick, I guess, whatever. I want to fight that campaign manager dude who said who said working on a campaign is his dream job. I want to fight him and beat his teeth down his throat, but I want to punch his teeth down his throat and just throw him through a window. No one's no one grows up and says, I want to work for a crazy person running for office literally ever. And if you do, you're a sociopath and I want to fight you. Well, please no, add it, me at Eric underscore seeds. I will be happy to find you. No, seeds, you and I know plenty of people like that because you and I were both political science majors in college. So we went to college. And neither of us like went that. to law. Yeah. And neither of us went to law school because we're the smart people. Well, yeah, we did, we, we, did, we did not get into politics, so. Yeah. I'm really glad that you guys also didn't end up selling ammo in a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Those are your two he options. Was, he, 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 was, he was the manager of the Walmart ammo department, for God's sake. <laughs> he was the manager of the Walmart ammo department in harbored dreams of working on a political campaign. And he knew the dude was crazy. He knew he was crazy. How, he said uh, my, it. He's like, my, he's crazy, but I'm going to be his campaign manager. My great, well, my great takeaway about that guy is, how in the name of God was he not working in Texas? Well, I mean, Oklahoma's... Pretty close. Yeah, it's basically, yeah. It's basically Texas. 
Okay. Um, well, and, and, and he's a libertarian, to be fair. So, like, the the bar for crazy in the libertarian party is it's it's a, a much different level than for the two major parties. So, so Rachel, who I think, yeah, Saf would be on my line because yeah, she just seems like a homegirl. Like she's gonna get back to work right away. Not let, she was super positive about losing her arm, um, and which I literally can't imagine. I would have whatever i can't even think about it i'd never be in that situation but she handled it better than anyone i could ever imagine what are you gonna say i was gonna say can we just talk about how much the canadian hockey media would idolize saf for, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, like 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 those people in toronto or mark specter up in edmonton would probably just idolize her Saf would win the masterton <laughs> hands down unanimous <laughs> well then at the end i thought she had some really like poignant reflective like correct things to say which was basically where everyone was a villain and i don't know she just seemed really incredibly down to earth for someone who got like mixed up in that type of crowd anyways yes she's on my line um god who would i fight i would scratch the reality tv guy rick i felt literally i that was the most like obviously besides all the animal abuse but that was when i felt like a real like tightness like sadness in my chest thinking about all of his years of footage that he had not backed up getting erased in that fire that joe exotic had set like i I, that'd be like me losing one of my external hard drives oh my god knock on wood or something like that where i would just oh my god i don't even know what i would do and so i thought that he always have a backup (laughs) Right. Oh my God, dude. What were you doing? Like, how are you? I mean, that was part of it. It was like, you're stupid. So that's why I wouldn't want you to be in the game at all because, oh my God, I need you to have more brains than that. Especially if you're working with this literally psychotic man who could, you know, do something as crazy as burn down the alligator enclosure one night because of whatever. And then uh, I would definitely fight Josh, the Walmart ammo campaign (laughs) manager, libertarian. He'd be going down. (laughs) So I have no clue who I would fight or scratch or um, have as my line mate, but I think that I would put Josh in the front office because I think he would have some great contract signings. He would be like, oh, you're crazy. Five years at $2 million, you're going to be on the fourth line and all you're going to do is fight people. Congratulations, <laughs> Elaine. You just hired Peter Shirelli. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> nice. Okay, so I have one more um, hockey-related segment. Really quick, we're going to do what would this person go to the penalty box for? So the first one is Joe Exotic, and my example is that he would get two minutes for too many men. <laughs> <laughs> well, it related to that, uh, John would get two minutes for hooking. <laughs> <laughs> High sticking, maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Um, how about Carol Baskins? What would she go to the penalty box for? Uh, she she's definitely catching an instigator uh, penalty. So yes, we have the flopping penalty, right? The like, what is that called? The diving? No, it's em- embellishment. Embellishment. Oh I think yeah. She would get like. Oh yeah. I think she would get two minutes for embellishment for sure. Um, totally. <laughs> That's a good one. 
I don't, I don't know. Is is murder is murder one a two minute penalty or is that a five minute? No, it's a ten. It's a ten minute game misconduct, probably for like charging or roughing. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say roughing, but that's too much of a dog thing. She roughed her husband into that tiger cage. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> oh my goodness! And like Doc Antle would be that what he would be like the Sidney Crosby. He would be the Sidney Crosby. He would do everything wrong, like stick some stick tap someone in the balls, and then Brandon Dubinsky would get the penalty. Doc, Doc Antle is definitely going to the box <laughs> for spearing. That's Doc Antle. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> he is absolutely going to the box for spearing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we're running out of time on this week's episode, but I do want to have quick final thoughts from all of us, really quick final thoughts on um, either your, like what was your lasting impression, something that really stuck out to you, um, or if you would eat at Tiger King Pizza. Which, well, first of all, Elaine, it was not called Tiger King Pizza, it was called Zooters. I'm sorry, what? I did yes. not catch that. It was oh, yeah. called Zooters? Like Zooters? Uh, yes, Zooters in a zoo. It was absolutely Zooters. called Zooters. <laughs> well, you better believe. We already know my answer. I'm going to eat there. <laughs> I want a shirt. Is this, Are were the shirts like orange? With like, instead of owls on it, it was like. No, it didn't go that far. It had uh, a tiger. I don't oh, know. They would I probably sue for copyright infringement at that point. Well, he doesn't care. I know, I know, I know. My, my, my okay. final thought is, is I know you, you scrapped the idea of us comparing characters on this to Blue Jackets figures, but I thought of one anyway, and it's that Joe reminded me of uh, Matt Duchesne, <laughs> because he was totally driving around, totally drive around in a truck, singing along to his own crappy country music. <laughs> Stuff that he didn't even write. So my my final thought was uh, first of all I would absolutely eat at Zooters. I have no shame when it comes to food. You know, there's there's a reason f- hashtag free fat seeds is a thing, guys. Let's let's be real. Get that Walmart meat pizza. <sighs> Whatever. I've eaten worse in my life. Second of all, I I guess my final thought is uh, I just I I wish the best for the animals. I I my my lasting takeaway at the end was you know you know it was really funny watching. I don't feel bad for Joe Exotic. I don't feel I don't feel bad for Carol Baskin. I'm I'm mostly baffled at, and we and we kind of we kind of didn't really touch on him much on this podcast. But Jeff Lowe, the guy who came in, and like tried to save the zoo financially and seriously took advantage of things and kind of made things worse and and then and then set up joe for <laughs> attempted murder and yeah and and, and helped jo- set up joe uh for for the eventual uh murder for hire that brought him down i kind of like 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 no one in this show comes off well except the employees like i said zaff and I forget the guy's name who was missing both of his legs. I apologize for that, but both and the, of the blonde guy with the sunglasses too was another. Yeah, I yeah, felt like yeah the the people the people who truly cared about the animals who were doing the best they could for the animals like those are the ones who were in this for the right reasons. And while they might have been blinded by the cult of Joe Exotic and blinded by this whole utter nonsense that was going around on this, I mostly just feel bad for the animals, and I hope. 
whatever happened after this documentary was filmed, you know, it was last updated in like last January. I hope those animals are being taken care of wherever they are. I assume they're not in Carol Baskins. I assume they're not being treated well in Carol Baskins, um, and not menagerie of misery down in Florida, but I hope, I hope investigations continue and we can protect these big cats going forward. So that's my final thought. Protect the tigers, uh, Calvin and Hobbes rules. My final thought for this show was for the love of God, please, please, please spay and neuter your pets. There are so many in the world. They don't have the correct care, obviously, that they need. Um, And as far as we're talking about pets, a non-domesticated exotic animal is not a pet. You are not doing it a service by keeping it in your home. You are doing a, a, no matter what you tell, some of the things that they told themselves in the show, like, oh, there's no wildlife left for them to live in. I might as well have them with me is disgusting and not true. If you want to help these pets, you donate to somewhere like the World Wildlife Fund um, and you help other conservation efforts so that these animals never have to be in cages so that they can exist in the wild. It is absolutely about awareness of the fact that so many private citizens own these animals and I don't feel like people truly know how horrible and how detrimental the trade um, and purchase and breeding of these animals is. What is the most disgusting about it is that's how this all started. If people didn't have these animals to begin with, literally all of these other secondary crimes between the murder for hire, the effing polygamy, um, and everything else, all the, the guns, and, you know, Travis might not have died by suicide if, you know, if he had never been roped in, the staff would still have her arms. Like, it just, whatever. It, so all of those issues were born of the fact that uh, these animals belong in the wild. Yeah, um... I have two that kind of go together is the whole time I was watching this, I kept thinking about uh, Zanesville when, was it like 10 years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Shout out Ohio, that awesome cameo in the documentary. (laughs) Right right off the bat. (laughs) That guy letting all those animals loose in Ohio. So one of my friends from Chicago was like, I knew this was going to be crazy when it started with the Ohio governor Right. right off the bat. And I was like, oh. That's great. Like, so glad that's what Ohio's known for. But I kept thinking about how, like, some of this is so preventable and these animals aren't being taken care of. And it's just, it's frustrating because you even think about people that have animals in general, like just regular house pets, that they don't take care of them. But, like, if they get out into the wild, they're not going to eat me. So that, that was bad. But the thing that I hope this really sheds light on to besides animal abuse like that is just how easily um, people can be manipulated into thinking they're having a better life when they're not. That people need to take a step back sometimes before they hop in because for a lot of those people they were they had said like a lot of the wives and husbands said that like they just needed a change. They needed something different. They just kind of hopped into it. They went to the zoo and they never left. They didn't take a step back. And I hope that people watching this who might have been like, oh my gosh, I'm in that situation right now, and that they leave because it's just, it breaks my heart to know that there are so many people out there who are in their weakest moment in life and people take advantage of it. And I just want all of those people to know, just in case one of them is listening right now, that you deserve better 
and you are worth so much more. And that is my final thought. Thank you guys for joining us on this crazy edition of the Canon Cast. Please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. And while we're at it, take a moment to do some real research on animal abuse and animals that are being held captive by private zoos and maybe donate to a cause that is legit in the process. So, as always, we welcome your comments and questions. If you think we should do more of these pop culture style episodes intertwined with hockey, please let us know. You can tweet us at at cbjcannon and comment on jacketscannon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.